I want to thank all of you for coming an hour before the City Council meeting to hear me present on the economic impact of immigrants on Dane County. Um, it's not a very long presentation, but if you have any questions, feel free to raise your hand even during the presentation or at the end of it. Um, I wanted to start by just talking for a minute about Jewish Social Services. Um, we're a small agency in Madison that's been around for 40 years. Um, we focus on helping people ensure that they have their basic needs met. Um, the areas that we primarily focus on are case management for seniors and others. So we help with everything from housing to food, to, uh, food assistance to um, and all the pieces that go along with that. Um, we have a strong senior adults program, and as part of that, we have the L'Chaim Lunch Program, which is the largest nutrition site on the west side of Madison, um, and we have that every week on Mondays. Uh, it also is the only kosher meal site in Madison. Um, we have a Jewish chaplain, who started about a year and a half ago, and that was actually the first Jewish chaplain um, that Madison and Dane County has ever had. Um, none of the hospitals have one, so that was a huge need. And we do a lot of work um, with immigrant services and refugee resettlements. And refugee resettlement is something that we had done originally um, in the 1990s and early 2000s with the um, refugees from the former Soviet Union. Um, and then more recently, we've changed which populations we work with. Um, and I also want to mention Jewish Social Services is an agency that works with everybody the same way that Lutheran Social Services, Catholic Charities, people understand you don't need to be Catholic or Lutheran to receive services there. You do not need to be Jewish to receive services from us, and we don't charge for any of our services. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit for exactly, well, what does Jewish social services have to do with immigrants and economic development in Dane County? And we are actually part of the Immigration Assistance Collaborative, and I know this is a group that knows something about that. Um, and our role in there has really been to help with supporting regarding um, human services um, and social safety net. Um, and as part of that, however, economic development really is a key part of when you're thinking about um, making sure people are safe. And so that there was a, there was a connection there. Um, and then in terms of refugee resettlement, we, as I said, we stopped doing that about 20 years ago. Um, but I started work at JSS on September 1st, 2015. Um, and this was what was in the news on September 2nd, 2015. So my second day of the job, I started getting calls asking, well, what is Jewish Social Services going to do? Um, we're an agency that started 40 years ago that, you know, and even historically before that had worked with refugees um, first from the pogroms and then later from uh, the Holocaust. And so this was something that people in our community felt very passionate about. And so 
somebody or several people came to me and said, well, what are you going to do about it? And we realized, okay, this was a real need. There was a desire in Dane County to do something about it. So we applied to HIAS, which is a national agency doing this work, and we became a resettlement agency. Um, our first family arrived December 23rd, 2016. So our Timing wasn't so fabulous, um, but since then we've resettled uh, about 79 refugees from Afghanistan, Burundi, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Iraq, Pakistan, Rwanda, and Syria. Um, we actually, at this point, um, just assured 19 new individuals, so it is possible that we will be getting another 19 refugees, um, and we tend to get anywhere from two days to three weeks' notice, so there isn't a whole lot of time on that. Um, so that's really sort of where we started from in terms of thinking about um, immigrants and the economy, because when all of these families come, they, adults, everyone immediately gets green cards, and there is only very short-term funding for them. We get about $1,000 a person, period, what we get for each individual, and they are eligible for food share and um, W-2 and something called refugee cash assistance, but that's only for eight or nine months. So our clients need to be ready to get into the workforce pretty much as soon as they arrive. And we've been working with other agencies in the community. We've been working a lot with um, employers in Madison and Dane County, and we've been working with our national, and they're the ones that suggested that we should apply for this grant. And so we reached out to the New American Economy and we applied for what's called a Gateway for Growth Technical Report. And New American Economy, if you've never heard of them, it's a think tank um, that really focuses on immigration. So they have folks from all sides, you know, from the left, from the right, and it's really about the importance of immigrants. So looking at the pictures that you see up there, it's sort of, you don't normally see co-chairs that include um, Michael Bloomberg and Rupert Murdoch, Michael Nutter, who is the uh, mayor in Philadelphia. You've got the chairman of Marriott. So it's really sort of all over the place, but they understand the importance of immigrants on our economy. And so their three areas of focus are economic impact studies, which is what we received a grant for, um, and they also provide technical assistance um, and local immigration action plans. So we received this grant last year, and this is a mark of the 25 communities nationwide that also received the grant. Um, and some of them are big, like Dallas. Some of them are closer to our size, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and they, some of them received the same grant that we did, and then others received some technical assistance, and I'll talk about that later in my presentation. Um, we partnered with the city of Madison, and so I really appreciate the support that the city has given us, as well as the Latino Chamber of Commerce um, and HIAS, which sort of gave us the jump start for doing this work in the first place. Thank <laughs> you.
So our population is about um, 7% are immigrants, 45,000. And immigrants means that you've ever immigrated from another country. So it's people who are citizens as well as people who are not citizens. Um, and the growth rate of the immigrant population over the last, you know, since 2011 has grown quite significantly and way faster than the overall population. So the population grew about 7% during between 2011 and 2016, but the immigrant population grew by 24%. So quite a big jump. Um, the countries of origin that immigrants in Dane County come from, um, they're from all over. Mexico, China, India, Laos, and Thailand are the top five. As um, we look from 2016 to now, those numbers are going to be changing somewhat because we are. So, for example, um, we've resettled quite a few Congolese, and there was a very small Congolese population in Dane County before resettlement has started happening. The American Community Survey. Okay. So, ACS. There. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we all know. And the, the and, and there are citations at the back of the report for when I don't remember the specifics. Um, and one of the things that's important to remember is that even though uh, foreign uh, Folks born in other countries only make up about 8.7% of our population. They represent almost 11% of the working age population. And especially as um, our community ages, that's really, really important because we need to ensure that we're able to replace workers as others retire. Um, the In Dane County, the areas that um, immigrants tend to work in our education, agriculture, and hospitality. Um, we know, for example, that um, folks that work in long-term care facilities is an area that there are many, many different um, immigrants working. We did a press conference a couple of weeks ago at Capital Lakes, and they counted they had um, employees from 24 different countries. Um, so it really is an area that's important to be thinking about um, and not surprising you know, that we have so many post-secondary teachers because of the university. Um, immigrants are working in all kinds of places, Epic, the university, the health system, places like Capital Lakes. Um, and that's important to remember that they, and they are working. They come, they want to work. And they're often working at jobs that are hard to otherwise fill. Um, Dane County is a good place to be an entrepreneur. We, as part of our report, there were several interviews done, including um, Alderman um, Balda. Um, and if you look online, there is a couple of extra stories, and you can find the ones that didn't make it into the printed copy of the report. But one of the immigrants that were interviewed. People are so welcoming here that I feel confident enough to start something to support the community. Um, that's really important and something that we shouldn't forget about. Um, and immigrants have, a, 
they have a strong buying power. Um, they earned $1.4 billion in 2016, um, with about a quarter of a billion dollars going to federal taxes and $124 million going to state and local taxes. So that's a billion dollars that went back into the economy. Um, and a great quote that we got from one of the other folks that was interviewed was, trust me, I love it. I am so glad I'm paying back. And he was specifically, that was his response to the question about paying his taxes. He was so happy to be here. This is, um, Saif has been here for about four years, and he, um, has start, he manages apartment buildings. He owns a couple of duplexes, and he's really trying to do a lot to be successful and to be part of our community. Approximately 37% of immigrants have been in Dane County have been naturalized, um, and an additional 8,300 are eligible for citizenship. So there's a real opportunity for immigrants um, in that way in the United States. So what's next? Now this is my turn to ask the city council for something. And what I would really like is for the city council to apply for the other two parts of the Gateways for Growth Challenge. So JSS applied for part one, which is the technical report. Um, but we are not an economic development agency, um, and it's not something that we are trying to be. Um, and quite honestly, it is sort of a little strange that we're the ones that applied to get the technical report written, although it's really useful data, and I'm glad that we did it. Um, the application for um, this challenge is November 19th. Um, and it's a competitive opportunity for local communities to receive tailored research, and that's the part we already got, direct technical assistance and or matching grants from New American Economy and Welcoming America, and support of the development of multi-sector plans for welcoming and integrating immigrants. And so I think there's a real opportunity for our community, and I really want to encourage you to take advantage of it. Um, so the technical assistance would be doing things like holding helping with holding stakeholder meetings for planning processes, sharing best practices and models. Um, it's a lot of working with the other communities that are either gotten the grants in the past or are in the same cohort as you. Um, and they do have small matching grants available as well. Um, and the expectation for whoever submits the proposal for this is that you have a commit commitment from a leader convening partner, and the city of Madison would be a great lead, um, interest or endorsement from the private sector, um, and the Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce is very interested in this. Um, you need a person or committee to oversee and coordinate the planning process within the community. And you need a commitment to developing and publicly releasing a final multi-sector strategic plan by December 2019. So it's now your turn. Um, you have a real opportunity to show how we can, uh, we, to demonstrate how immigrants can benefit our community. Um, and that 
that's it for my formal presentation, but I am happy to answer questions about this or anything else related to Jewish social services. Thank you. You start talking, Dale. Yeah. You, you done? Okay. Whoever want to ask questions, they'll turn your mic on. So I don't know who can answer this, but I know the city council does not do grant writing. So will this be community development? Economic development, yeah, community development. Okay. Um, so the twelve thousand five hundred dollars is to write the grant, or is that the grant to? No, you know? no, that the matching. Yeah. So the th they were great to work with, the new American economy. Okay. But the new American economy doesn't is isn't big on giving out a whole lot of cash. They're much bigger on the you know writing the report, providing the technical assistance. The twelve thousand five hundred you know is nobody's going to pretend that you can do all of the work for that. Um, but the assistance that they provided us was really really helpful in making the connections. So for example, we were connected with Siouxland, which area, which is like uh, Iowa, and I don't even remember where else, but again, it was a part of the country I knew nothing about, but just sort of figuring out how to put this information together and talk about it, and that was, for us, was quite beneficial. So, Dan, you also said, uh, you know, these refugees who are resettled here has some little benefits uh, given to them outside of the uh, the one, the one thousand dollars that is given to you. What was that? You said the refugees that you resettle. That well, that's money we get through high from the, it goes federal government to highest to us, right? For refugee for the refugees we resettle, we get we're given about a thousand dollars for each refugee that we resettle. But they also get other benefits, right? What's that? Right. Yes, they do. Yeah. They are eligible for those benefits. Right. So recently, I think there's a law or whatever Donald Trump administration is doing that if you are getting any form of help from the federal government, you cannot uh, 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 apply for citizenship or anything of that nature. Will those benefits also impact uh, uh, these people if it comes to applying for uh, citizenship at some point? Right now, no. Right now, they've specifically excluded refugees from, you know, saying we're going to look at what kind of benefits you've received mm -hmm. to decide if you can become a citizen or not. I can't foreshadow if through the current administration if that's going to change, but at least for right now, you are still eligible to be moving on the path of citizenship. I mean, one of the interesting things, again, with refugees are the plane ticket to come to the United States. The refugees actually have to repay the federal government for their plane ticket. They have four years to do it, and they don't need to start right away, but the amount of money that goes to refugees is per person really isn't all that high. Can I, I just wanted to add that the, the, change, the proposed changes to the public charge um, are actually currently in the Federal Register for um, feedback and input, so they're not finalized yet. So it's good. Thank you. Everybody should go and provide some feedback. Mm. Any further questions for that? No? Sure. David? 
Yeah, so where is within this, is there the information on this uh, application program that you just discussed? So the, um, you should have gotten my, it's, it's not actually in that report. In the back page of my slide, yeah. I actually have the link to Gateway for Growth's website, and you can go right there um, for the for the PDF for the RFP. Way too many letters, sir. Um, but that's where the, you can find the request for proposal. I can also email you the link for the RFP as well. Yep. So if you email that, we can share with Alders and probably with community development and see if they'll be interested. Okay. Further. Hmm. All right, well, thank you, Don. All right, thank you. Yep.